0: Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me, Bessie Maid Sarah, chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. (laughs) there i've missed you
1: i have missed you oh. i can't believe the difference in how we look oh, <laughs> you are glowing almost mahogany <laughs> and i am a ghost <laughs> <laughs> e,
0: the weather my god i know it's boring to talk about the weather but
1: it's also very london centric because we've not all had this heat wave well i know
0: exactly but says. i was at queens on friday
1: oh when you got your gammy eye
0: exactly and i got the gammy eye partly because i've got extreme hair fever as everyone else seems to at this time as well and That's then the, worst. the sunlight seemed to be having quite a large effect on it so it was just weeping all day and my oh. friend nick had got this the tickets um through work and i didn't want to like let my eyes falling out but and, and it was fine i could still see out of one eye but then the next day it was proper infected. I went to the pharmacist and she was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. So,
1: isn't it? Fris- I feel like that happens with every event that really means something to you specifically, like something that you're really excited about. There'll just be one thing, like one bodily function that just, oh. like, just one thing that happens and it really can ruin your day.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's usually bowel related but it well, yeah. was eye related. It was ophthalmology related. Um, but had a fantastic day. It, it was 34 degrees at one point, sitting yeah. in the burning and sun. And what I did for one of the first times in my life is usually when it says you can't bring alcohol, I'm too scared to bring it in in case <gasps> someone, I don't know, arrested. they have a Pinot Grigio sniffing dog and then I get arrested and Take frog marched off the property anyway i thought it's a posh event they're not gonna fucking strip search people so i brought in my chili's bottle of water filled with wine stayed oh my god beautifully cool all day long and oh
1: what a hack
0: i know it was fantastic so but then because i wasn't aware of how much i was drinking i couldn't tell if i was supposed to be drunk until it hit me all at once yeah, uh, but it hit me at g- a great time. I wasn't needing wheeze. I don't know why. Probably because it was so hot. I've just yeah, thought of that
1: now. Yeah, body was just
0: like <laughs> yeah. So that was really wonderful. Apart from the eye, but the eye seems to be back to normal. Still a lot yeah. of itchiness, but oh god. And then um, the pharmacist said, "I will give you these really special drops, but they need to be in the fridge." And we are going to Newcastle, so I couldn't even buy them. Anyway, boring story.
1: I need to just go back to the chilies bottle wine hack. Okay. How many mills are in a chilies bottle?
0: Mine's five hundred, so it's two two big glasses.
1: So if you took two in, you've got a liter of water cold for the day.
0: Uh huh. And fuck, mine's not actually a chili's bottle; it's the one that I got from San Francisco Airport, but it's the same kind of thing. It says San Francisco no, it collection on it. Cold. Yeah, but not only that, right? My, so my problem with that is now my water bottle stinks of wine yeah I don't <laughs> so know I've how you manage to clean them so I've been desperately trying to clean it it's getting better and then yesterday morning I put boiling water in it with fairy liquid so that mm-hmm. was at I left the house at half seven I got back at about 9 p.m where do I work the city no I had an event <laughs> after work and then I went to the pub after that and I thought oh it can't still be hot so uh poured it and my hand was there fucking hell it was still like a million degrees that is
1: that is their whole usp they stay cold or hot whatever you need
0: is it cold for 24 hours hot for 12 or something like that? yeah something
1: like that i just didn't
0: believe it and it was still steaming i could honestly the the things that humans have been able to do i know i can't believe it
1: it's wild but then you think about it as us as, as being just animals on the earth
0: mm.
1: <laughs> because I get like because I feel like we live in the future mm. and technology is so advanced that we are oh, yeah. completely different it's like we are aliens on this planet yeah. we're not natural grown creatures yeah you stand
0: next to like a cow and you're like yeah we're we? like well, we are not from the same time
1: <laughs> yeah you are you are an animal and I am an extraterrestrial being <laughs> that was made in a laboratory yeah. But then, but then, um, we're fucking allergic to stuff. There's nothing more humbling than the hay fever. Like oh. I can't sit outside for more than twenty minutes without just becoming a shambles of a person, and it's 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 just so embarrassing. I'm like, oh, I really am just an animal at the end of the yeah. day. <laughs> I'm is, allergic- <laughs> is it War
0: of the Worlds where that is the whole the whole premise but- is that they have these? huge big machines that come from space and they're killing everyone and they have no idea what they're supposed to do and in the end they die because they catch the cold or they catch a the flu yeah, and they're yeah. like oh they can't even do that, oh my god I know, hay fever and then you've, I'm spraying things on my closed eyes, I'm dropping things into my open eyes, I'm wiping my face with hay fever wipes that just yeah. look suspiciously like baby wipes I'm yeah. taking a tablet, I've got an ointment I'm, yep. like, I'm, I'm brushing
1: Snearing my around my nostrils yeah.
0: I'm brushing the back of my palate with a toothbrush like what the fuck and none of it works by the way
1: no although you know um one of my friends said to me the other day because we went on a walk and we got lost and but then it was like we were stranded because surrounding us was just fields and fields of hay and I was like I can't walk through this field because it will ruin my life for the next 48 hours if I do like I was like we need to get back to a concrete road ASAP um and he was like well you know Imagine if you were a caveman, you wouldn't you you know, you would even be able to take any antihistamines. Googled it. This is a new phenomenon. Humans being allergic to pollen, humans being allergic to just anything in general, like nuts or any kind of allergy. New thing.
0: Bloody hell, why? New thing.
1: Well, I don't know. Because we're, so we're just so and sensitive and pathetic now. Yeah. And he was like, imagine if a caveman was just transported to this time. Do you think he would die immediately? Or do you think he'd just kill every and completely like dominate the immediate landscape. And I was like, yes, that one. That 100%. one, 100%. <laughs> um, and also
0: what I've been trying to Google, which I'd never mm-hmm. thought about before, is why is the pollen so high this year?
1: Yeah, why is it? Have it, Have we figured it out?
0: Well, well, I can't by Googling it. Do the bees, what are the bees doing? Are the bees just...
1: Uh, oh, because they're all dying. They've not been able to harvest.
0: But surely that would be less pollen? Wait, what?
1: no because they get the pollen and take it away and make it into the oh, right.
0: and... maybe that is it but those... also maybe I it's because know.
1: we've we've been wearing face masks we've been filtering our pollen intake for the last few years because even in the depths of winter there's got to be a bit of it drifted about mm, whereas yeah. we're all wearing face masks so maybe we're just more susceptible to it
0: do you like it when people say oh well why don't you just have a small portion of local honey
1: yeah what a load of fucking bollocks! i remember joking? doing that one year going to a farm shop a local farm shop buying a jar of honey and having a teaspoon every day and obviously nothing happened and then i looked at the back and it had been imported from china <laughs> i was like all right i'll just go to china then at least i'll be fine there
0: <laughs> like rubbing the honey in your eyes
1: <laughs> bathing in it every night
0: Oh God! Anyway, that's probably enough hay fever chat. But I think people will probably be relatable, relating because it's it's you. You see people, you see someone with their eyes crusted over on the tube. I'm like giving them the eye, like babe. I'm there too. I have to prize my eyes open every morning. Every morning, me. Fucking And I have to
1: because I mouth breathe. I have to like straight away just pour water all over me. I can't even close my mouth enough to form it around the
0: bottle. I've got all my remedies by my bed and in the morning I just spray them all in my face.
1: It is dastardly. Fucking awful. Let everybody know that no matter how bad your hay fever is, mine is worse. Mm. Mine is objectively the worst hay fever that's ever happened. And
0: I'm I'm May to July, thankfully, so it's nearly over. The other thing I must talk about is the return of... Queen Serena Williams. She <gasps> returned at Eastbourne this week in the doubles, partnering Ons Jabur, And it's the first match she's played since she got that injury in Wimbledon last year. Uh-huh. And she's played two matches, won two matches. Of course. First one was stunning. It was uh, very intense. I mean, she started off and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> she can't <laughs> barely <laughs> move. I was like, oh, no. fucking hell. This is how she's going to end her career. But should I have doubted her? Absolutely not. She came back with a vengeance, saved a match point. Very exciting. And then she, the trounced, um, the trounced of the, I was going to say couple. That's not what I mean. Pair yesterday. And then she's in the semi-finals. And then she's playing Wimbledon, which starts next week. So.
1: Oh, I'm excited for that.
0: I know. I'm a bit worried about a lateral movement. That's the problem. In doubles, you don't have to move so much side to side. Mm. When you're on singles and you're covering that whole court. That's a lot of moving. Wow, wow. So yes,
1: I'm now worried about that
0: No one's talked about this and I shouldn't be But she's got
1: three patches on her face
0: She's got like three It looks like tape on her face oh. And I think Because we're in the generation Or we're in the time when a commentator can't be like What the fuck she's got on her face But mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering what the fuck she's got on her face
1: <laughs> Well have you googled it?
0: Should I google it now? What the fuck Serena got on her face?
1: I'm sure Twitter will have the answers
0: Daily Mail will surely be on it Serena Williams so, face patches, face stickers. Oh, it's come up as I've like, suggested. Why is Serena Williams wearing plasters on her face? Okay, the Scotsman. Oh,
1: ah, you're welcome.
0: Um, let's see, let's see. Don't you dare give me a paywall. <laughs> 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 Why is she wearing plasters on her face? According to the Times, this is due to...
1: Imagine if it was a hay fever remedy. Ah.
0: <gasps> long-standing sinus problem she has
1: oh, the, t- fucking hell! Sounds the like tape
0: is meant to relieve pressure and pain from the condition serena williams previously spoke about this in 2007 i'm a sinus sufferer playing tennis or pretty much doing anything every day is not easy when you have sinuses babe we all have sinuses <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> is really hard when you have two arms and two legs
0: <laughs> you feel a lot of pressure i think she's like sinus problems yeah. uh okay Fine. I'm glad I Googled that and I don't feel bad because I feel like that's fair enough.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I, mean, start I don't know what it, it
0: was going to be. Although the woman, on, you know, the scary cat woman on Bling, Bling Empire, she's yes. got one on her face as well. So I wonder if that's the same
1: thing. Oh, fuck. I'm going to get some.
0: Yeah. Oh, me too.
1: And I'm not going to mention what they are to anyone ever. Um, Talking of passions mm-hmm. <laughs> slash obsessions, I've just booked a ticket to go and see at the Edinburgh International Book Festival jennifer egan
0: oh how exciting
1: the day after i get back from my ibiza so i'll be operating with half a brain cell
0: what day of the week is it thursday because i was saying i might come i might take some annual leave and come
1: yes do 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 i'm gonna ask her absolutely no questions because i get stressed when i have to speak in public
0: I'm the opposite. I'm desperate to ask questions, so I'll just ask a shit question for the sake of speaking in front of everyone. <laughs> I'm such a prick. Just
1: be like, you know The Candy House? Do you not think there should have been a mention of any kind of sweet in there? Or have you ever tried a dipped up tini
0: Have you ever considered the fact that The Candy House is definitely a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> Fraternal twin, my balls. Uh, right, let's talk about this week's book. Is it my week? It's my week. Yes. When you get better at remembering that or i do specifically this week's book is no one oh i just spilled my drink is no one is talking about this by patricia lockwood fan recommendation and this book this is a really good one-liner to explain it the novel focuses on a woman who is always online her life changes focus after her family experiences an unexpected tragedy exactly so debut novel American poet, Patricia Lockwood, which is important. Mm -hmm. Finalist for the 2021 Booker Prize. Didn't win, because what did? The Promise by (laughs) (laughs) Gagut.
1: Who is also speaking at the Edinburgh International Book Fair, but I can't go because I just won't be able to stop myself from going (laughs) (laughs) Demingagoot.
0: Hey God, one of the New York Times 10 best books of 2021 won the Dylan Thomas Prize, which I've never Googled before. Like loads of the books won the Dylan Thomas Prize. It's a prize for writers under 40 uh and it's split in two halves first half is this woman who's peren- perennially online
1: yeah
0: and it's really strange it's what what do they call it it's it's gen not gender bending my <laughs> god genre bending <laughs> you know it's not like standard writing bloody hell yeah. And then so that's the first half. She's always online. She's living her life online. She, I think what she does is she does a tweet that goes viral. Yes. And then she becomes sort of famous and she goes around the world sort of talking about this tweet, but also does it online and you never really show sure when she's online or not. And then something happens in her life. And part two is about her dealing with that. So it's two pretty different tones and different styles. Mm-hmm. And to drink, we are drinking... A gin, basil, smash, which is gin, lemon juice, basil, smash. <laughs> and so far, delicious. Pesto-y. Um, well, what else is in pesto? There's no pine nuts in it.
1: Because parmesan.
0: When, when he said basil, pesto, I was a bit like, ooh, not sure. No, gin, <laughs> pesto. But it's gin and basil. It's, it goes It goes gorgeous. So, yes, it's your favourite drink, fan, and... We agree, it's delish. I'm going to start ordering on a night out.
1: Oh, you're going to go off and do that? Can I get the gyms pesto, please?
0: Yeah, gin bottle smash. (laughs) So, Sarah, Jane, Hopkins.
1: Final answer. See final answer. (gasps) What did you think? Oh, I don't know, Paul. I just don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go on, have a go.
1: So, first half, I was into it at first and I'll be completely transparent I was into it because it's easy to read it's very short each it's kind of fragmented in nature each fragment is twitter-esque some really 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 nice little snippets of just this woman who's a bit bonkers completely obsessed with the internet and being online lives online calls the internet the portal and enters the portal and doesn't really exit it and then uh, yeah I was into it because it was just like yeah I can get through this this is easy and while I didn't laugh out loud at any of it I could tell that there were elements of humor that just wasn't necessarily my humor and then it got to a point when I was like I can't fucking handle this anymore someone beat this woman up because I can't handle it and there's this moment when she gets her husband who seems very patient, all things considered, oh, and very um, forgiving. He, She gets him to buy a, a little safe for a phone so that she can't go on it. And then about 20 minutes after it's been in the safe, she's screaming the house down, trying to get into it in any way that she can. And then the code, the passcode for it is one, two, three, four. And she's like... <sighs> And did you go, not laugh out loud at that bit? That bit was pretty funny. I thought
0: that was really funny.
1: Um, But then I was like, oh, you're annoying me. Like, I get it. The internet is very addictive. And it, it's true to... It's, it's pretty true to... Full, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. She, Patricia Lockwood, is a seasoned and celebrated tweeter. And she's a poet, but she kind of did gain cultural significance through her tweets that would often go viral the tweet that goes viral in this is can a dog be a twin I don't Um, get it am I supposed to get it well I think it's a reference to Kourtney Kardashian who once tweeted do ants have dicks Uh... and it's but this is it so This was why the first half became so tedious was because it used it referenced internet humor in kind of the elusive way that internet humor works, especially on Twitter, where if you miss, if you miss the turning point for a joke, Twitter jumps on this bandwagon, and it well it's more like a freight train it just goes without you and you sort of catch in like bits of it as it goes by but it seems like the whole world is in on this joke and you have no idea what it is and why really any of it is funny and you can try and get to the source of it but it's impossible because tweets are being fired out millions per second and it's you so you just have to wait until the next one comes along that you can try and jump on so that's how I feel like the internet can be addictive. But also this whole first section felt like a joke that I wasn't in on. And there were some points that I recognised and then I felt let in. And I suppose that is what Twitter is. But for the most part, I was like, this isn't clever. I was like, you're not better than everybody because you're obsessed with the internet. But that is this, like that felt like the tone of it, paradoxically. She's also pretty scathing about that. She knows that to be obsessed with the portal isn't a way to live a life, but she also is like, but I actually don't know an alternative now. And so I have to be all in because without it, I don't know who I am. And then that all comes to a crux in the second half, which by the time I got to it, I was a bit like, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't be bothered with this book anymore. I want it to be over. But then the second half pulled me in and I, could not put it down and the form stayed the same still written in these fragmented like internet reminiscent um bursts of text and very like scattered and all over the show i'm just getting a work call hang on let me decline oh (laughs) (laughs) and let's send that to voicemail do not call again i'm Um, nothing if not professional mm -hmm god that's really disrupted what was probably quite an incoherent flow of thought but yeah by the second half i was in i cared about her i really cared about her i cared about her family because it becomes a family drama essentially Mm -hmm. um there were some moments whilst really horrifically sad were funny in that part and i think that was because they were born of humans again actual (laughs) creatures not technological beings um real humans experiencing real emotions but not knowing how to communicate them without reverting back to this internet humor which is absurd and like the weirder the funnier the weirder Mm -hmm. the better kind of thing and there was this one point which without giving anything away the sister who has experienced the greatest tragedy Is making quite an important decision and she just picks this absolutely awful absurd like carnivalesque option out of all of her options and she goes she classy and (laughs) she was like it has to be that one it has to be that one she classy (laughs) I was like yeah that's pretty accurate that's a pretty accurate depiction of people's now people's response to trauma and grief and of the nasty parts of being a human yeah that's 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 what I thought Paul
0: I thought similar things I think I was less pissed off with it than you Mm -hmm. but I tuned myself in again it, it was a very different narrative style compared to especially A Passage North and that was the one we'd read just before so it couldn't have been more different so yeah I was enjoying the fact that it was snappy I feel quite smug about saying this but I'm not very good at Twitter humor I've never really been on Twitter so a lot of it I imagine did pass me by. There were a few where I could understand the references. There was a lot about Trump who I can't remember what you called him but it was obviously written when Trump was the the dictator. And there were other things where you could clearly relate them to pop culture events and I'm a big fan of pop culture as you know. So at first I was like this is a joke that I'm not in on and then I was like I feel quite smug that I'm not in on it because Mm -hmm. I don't live my life completely online and like that makes me intellectually superior. Yeah. And I think I don't think in any way she was trying to suggest that it was a good existence. And and by the end of the first half, I think that was really clear. I loved the scene where she locked the phone <laughs> away. I just proper pictured it and was like howling. Um I agree that it it could have been shorter for me that first half because I, I got the point. But then at the same time, I think it probably demonstrates the relentlessness of the internet like you're saying it's like a freight train Mm -hmm. going past and you're either on it or you're not and she's bloody well on it so I get that it what it needed to be relentless and and there were things that were happening outside of the portal like that you kind of had to decode because she was right back in there straight away and and I thought that was clever and it was poetic. I think she's a poet. It was, mm-hmm. it was very poetic and I, I think she had a great turn of phrase a lot of the time and I was impressed by the, the way that it was written and the, and the her ability to keep up that form. Although I could have, I think I probably could have read half of the first half and had the same thoughts. Yes. But then I wonder what it's like being someone who gets every single one of those jokes. I bet that's amazing. Uh And I forgot to mention as well, she got, famous or or was she wrote a poem called The Rape Joke or Rape Mm -hmm. Joke Mm -hmm. which I read after which is very good um and a lot of I mean this is just like the wankiest of wanky for me but lots of the really esteemed book reviews like publications praise praise the novel as an arch descendant of Austen's socio-literary style they keep comparing it to Jane Austen and to James Joyce and Virginia Woolf. I mean, I bet, I bet they're right, but I'm just like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I yeah, don't know. I just want to
1: sort of see the the Virginia Woolf. Is
0: it because it's a social commentary for Austin? But aren't all bloody books a social commentary? Social commentary, yeah. Socio literary style, I do not know. My mum would know she loves Jane Austen.
1: Did you see Sally Rooney's quote that was on Yeah, the- just today. What was what It was such a underwhelming quote wasn't it i was like you sure you want that on the cover babe i know let me just try and find it because it sally was rooney, I felt though. like it was so oh, typically sally rooney yeah. it really was no one...
0: i've got it go on i really admire and love this book <laughs> i think it's because we know it's sally rooney though because if it was <coughs> Gemma collins who'd said it yeah then i would be like oh thanks Gemma," but sally rooney she's whispering. i'm she's, like she said that not loud enough for people to hear
1: Exactly. She's smug somehow. That's a yeah. smug quote, isn't it?
0: So, first half, if you read that about as a load of poems about the internet, great. Mm. Yeah, I was fine with it by the end. Second half, wow, 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 wow. Wow,
1: wow, 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 wow. I'm trying to find some quotes.
0: I was very excited about the second half. It was touching, it was heartbreaking, it was funny, it was human. It was interesting seeing her try to, as you say, live a life outside of the internet when people needed her the most. And you know what? I think she did the best she bloody well could.
1: She sounds like a, very, a stand-up person, doesn't mm-hmm. she?
0: Yeah, they um, all did. They all yeah. did. And that's what—that's the other thing I liked about this this book was that there are some very clear stakes. Mm-hmm. There's something that happens, and that becomes the stakes. But the stakes were not humans treating each other badly or no. the, even when she was online all the time, there, there wasn't that much tension between the humans. And I think it's really difficult to write a book or, or, or write a film or whatever, where I remember I went to see, oh, actually, I mentioned it on the podcast last year, Petite Maman by oh, Céline yeah. Siamat. And I went, Fuck, fucking hell, I want to watch that again. It's so good. And she did a and a after. And she talked about how she didn't want there to be any stakes in this film. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want there to be any, like, traditional, like you're always told in a book or whatever, you have to have stakes. So I didn't want it to be about that. I just wanted it to be about the existence of these two young girls. And she uh, somehow did it, somehow made this beautiful film about that. And even though this is not the same thing, because the stakes are very high in this book. Yeah. And not between, they're not about the humans being dicks. And I like that. I think it's nice to sometimes read a book where humans are dicks to each other and then they're supporting each other. And I think, exactly. She did
1: well. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. How they just all seem to flock together and it, it feels very rare, but do what we are supposed to be able to do best, which is provide community mm-hmm. and build community and be which, a part of it.
0: What do you think our comment is on the internet? Because, there's arguments to say that that's exactly what the internet can do. Mm-hmm. She's ambivalent.
1: Um, yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, probably ambivalent about like this the social aspect because it's it has it's it has multiple uses, doesn't it? It's An endless tool. Mm-hmm. Like it can divide. It can create community. It can inspire. It can challenge.
0: You trying to get some sort of endorsement deal for the internet here?
1: Yeah. Uh Dear Internet Explorer, 2003. <laughs> Will you sponsor us? Also, do you know what? I've just I highlighted this because it was, I was like, oh my God. She says spit and image at one point about the dad talking about, her dad talking about her brother, my spit and image. And I was like, isn't it spitting image? And then I Googled it and the etymology is of spitting image is spit and image and it's when somebody looks so similar to someone else, they could be made from the spit of them. Oh, shit. Fucking uh, love stuff
0: like that. So hang on. Is that, you know Spitting Image, the TV show where they like lampoon all of the politicians, you have a Margaret, it's like puppets.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that...
0: So do we say spitting image or is that a joke that it's called spitting image?
1: Uh, No, we do. We do say it, but it has it's derived from spit and image. So it's obviously, you know, how it's become part of the vocabulary because people would have said it so quickly, like spitting image, spitting image.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that. Love that.
1: Yeah, I was was happy, 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 happy.
0: So have you got some quotes?
1: yeah loads of some funny ones actually which is annoying because i said that she wasn't funny she is funny but it just wasn't for me immediately after the spitting image one there was she hoped the 24-hour online iq test she had taken were wrong they had to be i was like oh relate (laughs) (laughs) yeah things like
0: that we've all been there there's something for everyone
1: Uh, what was this oh this is all in the internet bit part one The chaos and dislocation were so great that people had stopped paying attention to celebrity dogs. No one knew how small they were or what they were wearing or if one had recently been revived by an IV after nearly smothering to death in a very hot purse. The recent era when everyone pored over pictures of celebrities in velour tracksuits picking up after their dogs with wads of the daily newspaper came to seem a time of unimaginable luxury of mindlessness that almost approached enlightenment came to seem when all was said and done juicy. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, I miss those fucking days where Paris Hilton ran the world. This one really made me piss myself and it's probably quite topical given all that's going on with the national rail strikes. Every time she passed the model train store, she clenched her fists and said, you did this. And it was true. It was true. Life as we knew it was coming to an end because 160 years ago or whatever, some old weirdo who was obsessed with trains had to invent trains because trains didn't exist yet. Choo-choo, motherfucker. Are you happy now? <laughs> she's yes. just raging about She's raging about the internet. She blames it on trains. <laughs> it's just...
0: <laughs> oh, I did enjoy it, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, and she talks about these weird turns of phrase that come from the internet that are, like, mean so much more than because of because of their use online. Now have, like, adopted this totally new meaning and it's almost as though their original, their original use is, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Duh.
0: Obsolete, no.
1: Obsolete, yeah. Defunct. Something Defunct. Like Shoot it in my veins, we said, whenever the headline was too perfect, the juxtaposition too good to be true. Shoot it in my veins, we said, when the Flat Earth Society announced it had members all over the globe. Sperm <laughs>
0: it... <laughs> Why is this so much funnier do you? Read it out.
1: <laughs> Sperm it up my hole. She tried once as a variation, but was round, roundly condemned by purists.
0: Ech.
1: But yeah, obviously, um, shoot it in my veins is something that we all use without really thinking of the implication that we're talking Mm. about taking heroin. (laughs) Well, speaking of
0: internet things that have been invented by people,
1: do you know who invented the word meme? No, I don't. Richard
0: Dawkins. (coughs) (coughs) As in Richard Dawkins, the, the famous... I mean, he says he's agnostic, but he's an evolutionary biologist. And he's like, really, uh. and the word meme, he invented the term meme and developed meme theory, um, although he's claimed the idea wasn't entirely novel. So he's not saying like he invented the whole thing. Um, and it's the this thing called memetics. And it's it's about. Oh, like
1: mes- like mimesis of real life.
0: No, like m m m e m,
1: Not M-I-M.
0: Hang on. Is a study of information and culture based on an anthology with a Darwinian ev- evolution. So it's like information and culture get like getting spread around.
1: Oh. Like and that's how it survives
0: through Darwinian evolution. Like it's it survives the more that people say. It. So then an internet meme was used because of that. But now obviously when you think meme, you just think but it's Richard fucking Dawkins who invented that. Wow. Isn't that mad. Sorry, wow, carry wow, on.
1: Wow wow, 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 wow. I can't remember what I was saying. I was just reading some funny quotes and then some really beautiful like yeah when you said earlier that she had some quite um beautiful turns of phrase mm-hmm. really unique and I think obviously there's a lot of literature on grief um and about grief but she just had these quite well ob- obviously poetic but new ways of of describing that kind of pain and loss and I won't give it away but this was a quote that I thought was just a perfect way of of all of the weird things that enter your mind when you are grieving and like how it does feel like you have a a million different thoughts about a million different things all at once. And some of them can seem quite mundane and then others can feel quite profound, but also that they've had been had a million times before. This was one of her takes on it. So I won't say what it's about, but I'll say, The things she wanted to know seemed small, so small. How it felt to go to a grocery store on vacation, to wake up at 3am and run your whole life through your fingertips. First library card, new lipstick, a toe going numb for two months because you wore borrowed shoes to a friend's wedding. Thursday, October. She's like the wind in a dentist's office. Driver's license picture where you look like a killer. Getting your bathing suit back on after you go to the bathroom. Touching a symbol for sound and then touching it again for silence. Playing house in the refrigerator box. Letting a match burn down to the fingerprints. One hand in the Scrabble bag. And then I, 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 O, U, E, A. (laughs) Eyes racing to the end of Villette. Skip the parts about the cretin, sweetheart. Hamburger wrappers on a road trip. The twist of a heavy red apple in an orchard. Word on the tip of the tongue. The portal, but just for a minute. (sighs) Like all the things that she wants this person to experience.
0: I know, and it's... That is genius because every single one of them is entirely relatable by probably everyone.
1: Yeah, but you would never...
0: You would never think that, yeah. Like, wow, that was
1: amazing. Yeah, it's probably a very overdone thing to say or just pretty on the nose to say, but I think every story has probably been told. Every story ever has been told and it was probably told in the first like 10 books that were ever written.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: it's, and every book since has just been about finding new ways to tell the same stories. Mm -hmm. And this was one of the most unique and new, Mm -hmm. like completely new ways that I've read a book. Yeah.
0: My theory about the reason that the Guardian, the Times, the New York Times, whatever, all go back to Austin and James Joyce. And it's like, because this film, film because this book is about the internet Mm -hmm. and the internet and twitter and social media have not yet become highbrow have not yet become intellectualized to the point where it's okay to talk about them really widely in harvard or maybe maybe it's getting that way that they they have to say oh this is a new way of telling jane austen and jane austen is a revered you know we can all
1: accept that she is yeah yeah
0: they don't you know they're not doing that with other with other books Mm-hmm. But I think there is there's there is just this t- this temptation. And I bet the New York Times released that review. Oh, The Guardian thinks, oh, I'll do something similar, but I'll choose James Joyce instead of Jane Austen. It's a social, yeah. it's a social mm-hmm. commentary. And like you're saying, every book is the fucking same, whether it's Jane mm-hmm. Austen, whether it's Patricia Lockwood, Sally Rooney, you know, whoever, it mm-hmm. is all the same, Shakespeare. But I just think it's funny how oh, I must let you know that while I enjoyed this book about the internet, the reason I enjoyed it is because I know the whole works of James Joyce. And actually yeah. I could see some similarities there. It's like, oh, fuck off.
1: Yeah, you don't have to ground it in anything that you... No. What's that I'm looking for? Forward... Again, this happens bum. every single time. Yeah, everything that you bum or that you see as as important enough. You can just fucking enjoy something because yeah, you've we've read it. We've all read it. It's not mm. like, that's not the reason why we're reading things. But,
0: but you know what I've realised as well since doing this podcast, I read quite a lot of book reviews. The way that book reviews are written is it's like they they have to prove that they are as good a writer, if not better, yeah, than uh-huh. the other reviewers and also the author themselves. It is the most verbose.
1: Yeah.
0: And some of them are great and I'm like, wow, you're you're brilliant at writing book reviews. Others I'm like, did you need to use that word that I've had a look? I have to look up so many words when I'm reading a book review.
1: Yeah, I know. And when I was at this book conference a few weeks ago, um, there was a panel that was talking about that and how basically no one except other reviewers care about book reviews because they do nothing for sales. They do nothing for sales. They do nothing for like marketing the book. People don't read a book review and think, oh, I must read that. Like, that's not the case. It's like this pissing contest between reviewers, essentially, about Mm -hmm. who can use the most low frequency lexus and who can appear the most intelligent and who's read the most essentially the, the authors it. the authors themselves don't give a shit they say that it's book sales are based on recommendation not review which is why things like book talk are so good for, mm-hmm. for authors now because if someone on tiktok with a million followers goes oh my god read this book loads of sex so fun you've got to read it That will 100% sell more copies than Mm -hmm. someone from The Guardian saying, I can't even think of any words that would be snobby enough to go. Mimetics,
0: (laughs) as coined by Richard Dawkins, is it? Yeah,
1: yeah. it's like, people don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I know that this is probably, like, sacrilege to say in the literary world. No one gives a shit about James Joyce. Who cares about fucking Ulysses? No one gives a shit about Jane Austen or, like, the canon. The canon is old white people for old white people.
0: And it's done. It's gone. They're dead. It's done,
1: Yeah, Over and done with that. The cannonball was shot a long, 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 <laughs> long, 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 long time ago. <laughs> uh, I want to read fun, new things.
0: Yeah, yeah. agreed. That,
1: that I find out about on TikTok.
0: Well, do you think that means that we have more influence on this podcast than a book reviewer? Uh,
1: yeah. Good. Probably.
0: Uh, my friend Jackie from work was the last day yesterday. Uh, she... Oh, bye, Jackie. She's going to buy our next book for the... Oh, she's, no, it is the next book, the next book for the podcast because uh-huh. of my recommendation. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Oh. Do we need it right? Anyone who's listening who has a book talk, I don't mm. get... I don't have the TikTok and I don't really get the book talk. So if you <laughs> want to be our book talk representative,
1: <gasps> yes, get in touch. Idea, yeah?
0: We'll give you 0.0001% of our profits
1: which is currently standing at a big fat zero.
0: I know, because you know what? I thought we had made a profit because that girl gave us 15 quid, but uh, we we're paying for Podbean. Yeah. So we're at mm-hmm. a loss. But now, a loss about oh, no. it. Jesus, let's not think about it too hard. Right. <laughs> we're going to end this section on a review on Amazon of this book. Okay. It's called, it's by Dreena, Driana, and it's one star, capital letters, WARNING. I taught English literature at a college of London University for many years. Good for you, fucking Dina. (laughs) I read Proust and Henry James for pleasure. What do you want, a fucking medal? I know you didn't, you liar. I know, no one reads that for pleasure. I found the first half of this unreadable. I stopped reading over halfway through when I realised my eyes were connecting with the words, but my brain really wasn't. She was hungover. It was set as a book for my book club. Of a dozen or so people, no one says dozen, seven dropped out for that particular meeting, saying they hadn't finished it and or had nothing to contribute. Of the five who turned up, the only person who had finished it was the one who set it as her choice. Well, that was rude. If someone sets a book and a book, you fucking read it. That is so rude. She assured us that the second half is much better. Yes, I agree. And harrowing but readable. Just saying.
1: Dot dot dot. Sixteen people found this helpful. You joking. Monoetabolics. Anyway.
0: Patricia, we love you, Trishy. Mm-hmm. Loved you. poem. Rape joke is available if you just Google it, so everyone should read it. And yeah, love Very you. Good poem. You're just like Proust. You're just—is it Proust or Proust? It's Proust. You're Proust. just like Henry James, Patricia Lockwood, James, Austin Proust. Love you.
1: <laughs> Do you know that English? Is the language with the biggest vocabulary in the world? I taught you that. Did you? Uh,
0: I, did, I, I definitely tell people that.
1: Because uh, I Googled it um, two days ago. <laughs> uh, what? I think did, I knew it, to be did honest. Did you?
0: You know why? Well, I, it was a quiz question when I got it, and I was like, it must be English because we don't change any of our words. Like,
1: Yeah, no, we just add more.
0: We just add more, and we don't. So, Spanish. People don't have dyslexia in Spain because everything's phonetic and they'll they'll, they'll standardise their language and they'll refine it. We just add all of these words from other countries, yeah. different spellings. I mean, we've got though, we've got through, we've got thorough, we've got, there's another one,
1: thought. tough,
0: we've got thought. thought. My God, what's this fucking old? And none no. of them, what it should be, if anything, is, oh, yeah oh how are you meant to learn English and you know what people do people do
1: it (laughs) that's the thing I thought to myself the other day after watching two seasons back to back of a 10 episode per season program um in Spanish so obviously with subtitles at the end of it I remember thinking I think I'm fluent in Spanish because quite a lot of these words are being repeated and then I turned the subtitles off just to test myself not quite fluent um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not quite grasped the basics yet but I think by the end of season three I'll have it and I was like why is that and why isn't it that easy for any other language and then I googled it and I was like oh it is it's just us that are the dickheads mm-hmm. um so I'm thinking of learning Spanish and then that'll be useful yes that's a good idea because I want to only- be able to watch a program without subtitles and just oh tell everyone about it so anyway yeah there you go I think we've got like quadruple the amount words in the vocab than the next highest vocabulary language
0: ridiculous we should you know how we add words to the dictionary every year we should be yes. culling them
1: we should be right we should let's... do a mass poll every year how many of you how many of you have used the word hoopst this year <laughs> <laughs> and then by poll we get rid right no, no longer say it thank you
0: <laughs> right we're gonna alternate you say a word that you think needs to go i'll say a word that i think needs to go
1: okay Um, I think the word alcoholic needs to go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're not a thing anymore.
1: I like it when it's weaponized.
0: Um, mine's going to (laughs) be... It's hard, isn't it? It really is, because I like all the words. Hang on. Toilet. Bushel, bushel.
1: What the fuck is a bushel?
0: Well, exactly. I don't know.
1: Toilet. We've got loo which is informal, but somehow less obscene. Mm -hmm. We've got bog, which is funny. Crapper. Crapper, which again, funny in the right usage. (sighs) Toilet. I've not got time to spend two syllables when I'm probably in a rush.
0: Um, Right. I'm going to go on a random word generator. I'm going to generate random words. You tell me if you think this should exist or not.
1: And I'll also tell you what they mean. Okay. My mum said that I pronounced a word wrong again in a podcast the other week. And what I'd just said- like to say, the reason why I pronounce words wrong is because I read them first. Okay. Okay, mum.
0: And English is hard.
1: I think she said I said revered wrong. How do you say revered?
0: Revered. But you also said a fright train earlier. What's that? Freight.
1: F-R-E-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Okay. Freight. Freight.
0: Yours is better. Though. Oh, there's one. Empirical
1: empirical empirical knowledge
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh is it to do with numbers no, that's
0: uh, I think imp- empirical evidence is evidence that you've gathered let's say you actually gathered tangible evidence empirical evidence let's see if I'm right
1: well you're gonna be I like empirical let's keep it I'm not confident enough to use it in a sentence yet but after this I might be
0: Empirical evidence for a proposition is evidence, i.e., what supports or counters this proposition that is con- constituted or by or accessible to sense, experience, or experimental procedure. Yeah, so it's like it's tangible evidence or evidence that you can test. Okay. Rather than, I feel be. like we need that. Okay, right. Next one. Prosper.
1: All right, prosper.
0: Do you? Yeah. Okay. Nationalism.
1: Yeah, let's get rid of that. Okay. For my,
0: I think we should get rid of my, my, my. What? M- the
1: word? My, M-Y.
0: <laughs> my. Let's just get rid of that.
1: Yeah. Should we say, refer to ourselves in third person? Sarah's. Mm.
0: Yeah, exactly. We don't need that many persons, for fuck's sake. Yeah, There's we so many tenses. And also, mm-hmm. we don't teach them in English, so you never know which one's bloody which. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll just change that. As of now, we'll just say polls. Yep. Yeah. Right, one more. Monk.
1: Monk? It's in yeah. M O N K? Uh-huh. Yeah, well you need them because they make book fast.
0: I think you should only able to use the word monk if you're referring to an old monk man's fit. hair when it goes yeah. at the top. Yeah. That's monk hair.
1: Agreed. And the usage. Gone.
0: Gone.
1: Or when somebody sips book fast and they say, Who's made this delicious tonic wine? And you say monks.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Or right. Pazenata.
0: Housewife just came up. We're well, keeping that one. Can you imagine <laughs> if they got rid of the word housewife? My life would be over. <laughs> right, Sarah. What's next week's book? next week's drink?
1: Oh, fuck! I've not thought of a drink. Scheisse. Okay, next week's book is the really catchy. <laughs> Drive your plow, plow, plow over the bones, bones, bones of the dead, dead, dead. <laughs> Drive your plow over the bones of the dead. Bye, and it's a. Polish name, so good go. luck to me, Olga Toka Tokastruk, Tokazuk,
0: Tokazuk,
1: Toka Olga
0: Tokazuk. That would be my guess.
1: Olga Tokazuk. I've never googled that. I've just googled her She looks mint. Oh, okay, good. Um, and it's actually not, it's the first one that we're reading that isn't a new release. It was released in 2009, translated in 2018 into English by Antonia Lloyd Jones. Show off, and yeah, we get it. Um, I mean, it's a very, very beautiful book. The cover is, I'd say, in a in, in Eve's Klein blue, Oh. and okay. um. If you wanted to read a book in public for attention, this would be the fucking one.
0: Oh, my God. I'm getting so many side glances. I love it.
1: Oh, yes. Okay, I'll read the blurb. <clears throat> oh, shit. There's another, obviously, Polish name I'm not going to be able to pronounce. In a remote Polish village, Janina Duzjeko... An eccentric woman in her 60s recounts the events surrounding the disappearance of her two dogs. She is reclusive, preferring the company of animals to people. She's unconventional, believing in the stars, and she is fond of the poetry of William Blake, from whose work the title of the book is taken. Oh, didn't know that. When members of a local hunting club are found and murdered, Joszeko becomes involved in the investigation. By no means a conventional crime story, this existential thriller by the Nobel Prize in Literature Laureate offers thought provoking ideas on our perceptions of madness, injustice, oh, injustice against marginalized people, animal rights, the hypocrisy of traditional religion, belief in predestination. Did I pronounce that right?
0: Yeah.
1: And caused a genuine political uproar in Poland. Whoa.
0: I just say one thing before I forget, and sorry, people aren't going to like this. And I might have said it on the podcast before. When people say they prefer animals to humans, I just want to push them down.
1: Do people say that? Yeah, people push are like, oh, down. God,
0: I'm much for animals to humans.
1: Yeah, that's well, you've obviously got shit chat then.
0: I know. It's, it's like, the only
1: person that can stand to be around you is a dog. Like, why don't
0: it. you go try and living in a stable and eating out of a trough and see <laughs> if you still like animals better than humans? <laughs>
1: Um I've not started it yet, so I, I have. um can you just give are you enjoying it?
0: Yes. Much more than I thought I would buy the bloody name of Drag the Bones over the bloody whatever of the plow. Um <laughs> Drag the Bones
1: bones. Okay, polish
0: it's, not, it's it's not now that I know it's a William Blake quote, I mean it's the tone of the book is is not what I thought it was gonna be based on that title. Oh, okay. Which is good.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it's gonna be a cold, noirish thriller. It is a
0: little bit noirish, but she's an eccentric woman and she just she's, she's it's told in first person and she's quite funny and endearing. Like, I I'm enjoying it. I really am. I really am indeed.
1: Oh, okay. Good. So what's the drink? I'm just looking now. Polish drink. Well obviously vodka's coming up a lot. Let's so, have a look. Ten most popular Polish drinks to search for in twenty twenty two. God, what a niche article. That looks impossible. Oh, ooh, I've got, there's a Polish shop just around the corner from me, so.
0: We've got a Polish aisle.
1: Okay, they've got like an orangeade. It's called Oranzada. And it's, I'll send you a little pic of it. Helena Oranzada looks delish. And then I think we should just get a can of that, if you can, in, here, mm-hmm. in the Polish aisle. And mix it with vodka. Love that. So a little vodka orange. Which Great. I'm just sending you the, the name of it now. Ooh. No, I think
0: no. I think I'll be able to find that because they do have fizzy drinks in the Polish aisle.
1: Oh, so any? I just think any fizzy Polish drink and vodka.
0: Great. What I we're go. gonna call it? Polish punch.
1: Uh, Polish punch. Yeah.
0: Polski yeah, punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Polski punch. That's what we'll Polsky call it.
1: Polski punch. And guess, get this. Oh yeah.
0: So yesterday, as as you guys know, I'm part of the LGBT plus network at work, and it's Pride Month. Oh yeah. Sorry, sorry for not focusing on Pride Month this month, but we just decided that every month is pride month for us yeah um mm-hmm. so yesterday one of the people on the committee ran a stories of queer Poland event and it was a joint event oh. with the University of Warsaw and we had speak Polish speakers from London and Polish speakers in Poland and they talked about all their experiences and it was really fascinating
1: oh wow and Thanks.
0: what did I get to say?
1: drive your pal over the bones of the dead
0: well when I was getting my laptop out what did I just slip out at the same time as if it was no big deal
1: i love it the fucking polish
0: book i'm reading yeah
1: it's like oh i'm just
0: oh i've never really thought but i'm I'm reading a polish book at the minute
1: yeah actually i'm quite a big fan of the older polish literature yeah
0: yeah that was great great for me
1: god that is powerful yeah i'm gonna spend all weekend reading this in a park come rain or shine because i need. it's just beautiful
0: it's really good and it's it's easy reading. Yeah, because I've n I have do not think I've ever read a Nobel Prize before and I was like, oh God, here we go. And it's accessible. I'm quite intrigued to know why it won the like what they say about the Nobel Prize win. Did I mean Did this
1: I, win it or did was it not just the person? What does that mean? Because you don't I don't think you win it for a specific book. I think you win it for your contribution to literature. Because uh, you have Pazu Ishiguro is a Nobel Prize winner in literature. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. I think that's the case. I don't think you win it for a specific book. Oh, well. Or maybe you do. Maybe you Fair do. Fair
0: enough. It just says Nobel Prize in it, Richer, You might be right.
1: I might be very wrong, though.
0: Oh, well, who cares? Right, uh, fabulous. I'll see you next week for a drag your bloody whatever through the thing and a polski <laughs> punch.
1: <laughs> Woo! Woo! love you! Love, love you! Love you! Love you!